Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. All free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's time for another fun-filled hour of talk radio, Kelly Santa. Fun and frivolity, Bob. Frivolity. Can you say that on the air? I think we can now in 2023. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour, everybody. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob and Kelly, we're in the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke Johnson and the Southern Bank Course Studio in Laurel. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to eat anytime, a great place to cater your next event. They do a really great job of catering. Uh, I've experienced it many times. I think Kelly has too, and we're always very pleased, and uh, we think you will be too. Dickie's Barbecue are proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and we're happy to say good friends of ours. Tim Yelberton is a former Southern Miss golfer. He's now the golf pro at Old Waverly. We'll be talking to him a little later in the program. But first, we want to go to the owner, proprietor, CEO, bottle washer, editor, publisher. And great American. And great American Heath Hinton, all from Big Gold Nation. Heath, uh, man, it's quite a title you told us to read out about you. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. You know, you can never have too many wonderful titles. Uh you know, I appreciate it very much. I, I think Wonderful we can, Americans, I th- my favorite. I was going to say, I think we can all agree that that's the best one. Great American. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. Heath and Ronald Reagan. That was the last. I, I don't mind. The last. I don't mind being put in the same sentence. I'll yeah. be honest with well, you. I, sounds good to me. All right. Sounds good to me, too. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about Southern Miss recruiting. And uh, uh, it seems like we're always saying we're going to get away from baseball. But let's talk about a transfer that uh, – just broke the news broke yesterday about a, a new kid uh, coming to Southern Miss baseball, Heath, and then we'll move on to football. But tell us about the baseball guy first. Yeah, Southern just uh, picked up a commitment from Nolan Tucker, second baseman out of Valpo. Uh, batted right at 300 with four home runs, 24 RBIs. Only committed three errors in second base last season. So fielding percentage out of this world. Another guy that they can uh, put at second base, maybe move Monastery to left field. By doing that, it makes it easier to bring him in to pitch uh, at different times. So you look at what they're doing, uh, they're getting guys that can hit. The Billy Butler uh, young man from Rhode Island, you look at his stats, he can hit. Got the kid from BYU coming in. So they're doing a lot of things to add some pieces uh, that they needed to fill holes of uh, players that were graduating left and uh, kind of 
look at what Oz is doing. They're really putting together a pretty good squad for next season. So speaking of baseball, let me ask you this. I read last night where uh, Justin Storm and Tanner Hall have signed contracts. But as of yet, uh, no no indication that uh, Dustin Dickerson or Etzel have actually signed contracts. Can we read anything into that, Heath? No. I, 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 I think the other day I saw something where uh, Dickerson talked about going playing, so I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, he's going to play for Kansas City and Etzel. Yeah, he's going. You get picked in the 10th round, you're not going to come back. Uh, in fact, he was he was already uh, – when you get drafted by a team and you're playing in that Cape League where he was at, uh, you have to get cut by your team to go play uh, for professionally. So that's already happened. So uh, I think they're gone. There's no question about that. So uh, Dickerson and Etzel both are gone. Kelly? Well, I think when uh, – the, the thing about the Valpo transfer – that makes this unique is this is one of those rare situations where you actually got to see this kid up close and personal because Valparaiso came in here last year, you know, and so the, the Golden Eagle coaching staff, whether they knew it or not at the time, you know, obviously were wowed by, by what they saw and, uh, and, and thought, you know, oh, this is a kid to at least keep your eye on. And it just so happens now that, that plugs right into a position that now gives them f- some flexibility with Monastere. And that move, Luke, really – if that were to work out as Heath just surmised, wouldn't surprise you at all. No, not at all. And so, Heath, as you mentioned, uh, the fact that uh, Monastere, we, we do want to use him on the mound. Offen- uh, putting him in the outfield makes more sense. So Tucker could go to second, Pratt at short. We were tossing around Davis Gillespie um, at, at third. Does that mean possibly that, that Peyto might move to a first base and compete for first base either with Butler or or Russo, and I know Butler can also play the outfield. Yeah, I, I think Butler's a corner outfielder. I got to talk to him, interview him, did a did a piece, uh, did an article on him. He's a, he's a corner outfielder, so I think he, he's a guy that's going to play the outfield. Maybe Peyto uh, might can move to center field, maybe first base. I think Russo might be your first baseman with the size and everything. If they can get his bat going, I wouldn't be surprised if they sign another infielder. But in case they don't, you know that they're they're thinking that Russo is a guy that can play that position. Uh, I think they got to find maybe a center fielder. Uh, maybe they think they have one. We'll see. But somebody's got to come in there and take Edsel's spot and center fielder. Perhaps they have one on the bench they believe that can do it. But I do like Gillespie at third. But I think with Verdung leaving, I think they got to find something at first or center field, one of the two spots now. Well, I think yeah. I I think one thing that's clear, you guys, is that particularly now with the young man that was coming up from southeastern Louisiana, he was signed by you know by the Yankees yeah. and Will Verdung. Yeah. Will Verdung also signed. So the arms, the arms situation. This is a situation now where Monastere really, you know, he wants to throw. Pitching is really what he loves to do the most, I would think, and. Now it's going to be even more important that he gets some innings in. So whatever they'll do to, to give the defense some more flexibility to where he can throw some innings, I think that's going to be imperative. And on top of that, though, remember you're getting best back. But, but Heath, I've been excited to see uh, what Middleton's been doing in the summer leagues. You know, And I think another year – with Oz specifically working his changeup, he's going to be a name next year. And apparently, I mean, uh, we're all we're all assuming that Billy Oldham is coming back, correct? Yeah, I believe Oldham's coming back. So you got him. That's probably going to be 
number one, number two guy, uh, starter. But yeah, JB Milton's had a really good summer. Uh, fastball looked really good, been able to move up and down, move his pitches. I, I want to see him get another, uh, offseason with Oz working on a change up. The one thing I got talked to, uh, Coach Oz the other day and we were talking about it and he's going to continue to work with pitchers. He's going to continue to do that. He believes that's what he's the best at. And I do too. And, and look, if he thinks you're sure about Oz, you're going to throw strikes and you're going to be able to throw a change up. And I think, uh, Middleton, uh, getting the summer work in and then coming into the fall, I think you'll see a different type of pitcher come this year. Uh, and he may have the most velocity on the on the staff. He that kid can really light it up uh, with a fastball. And you've got uh, you know you got Nico Massa coming back, right? Yeah, I mean Massa's going to be back. Massa's probably ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, you you've got the velocity. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you still got pitchers out there. Uh, they're going to be fine. They just got to. Uh, it's going to be finding what pieces, where yeah. the pieces go in place for Coach Oz next year. Well, it looks like to me uh, you've got have, pretty much two of your three weekend starters in Mazza and uh, you got Matt Adams too. Uh, so you got you got your you entire got, rotation. Yeah. So you 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 got your weekend rotation in place. Pitching is not pitching is not to, in my view going to be the question mark early next year. It's going to be what you put on the field defensively. Because uh, you got a lot yep. of new faces, but you know you you, you feel got to feel pretty good about the kids that are transferring in here and and the ones that are already on the roster, right, Heath? You, you, you've got yeah, you've got to find somebody that can that you can put in a game like a storm. But you to find the lefty like a storm that can come in and shut down opponents, yeah. and I think they're going to be looking for that too. Because well, he could. Uh, yeah. That man was he so good, and especially but, in the second half of the season. Yeah. If you look at what Storm, so when Storm was here, Justin didn't throw but about ninety miles an hour. I mean, when he his freshman year, he was like eighty seven, eighty eight, and so that is so encouraging to me that basically Oz got the movement on that, plus got him about five ticks, and of course that goes to what Todd's doing in the weight room as well. But but Heath, I think it shows that. Oz knows the guys that he wants, and he said it on this show, too. I mean, he knows what guys have when he comes in, but he also looks forward to who he can shape them into. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I would love to see a certain pitcher maybe. I was picking around the other day. Maybe we should get a uh, uh, pitching development center donation from a certain pitcher who just signed number one. Uh, in Major League Baseball, maybe there should be a development center for Southern Miss because mm-hmm. if one thing for sure, Coach Oz can develop pitchers. All right. And he's done it, and he's shown he can do it. All right. We we keep saying we're getting away from baseball, but we get lured back in. <clears throat> Heath, if you can stick around, let's talk a little bit about football recruiting uh, on the other side of the break. And I uh, want to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or everyone except Kelly can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour as the the struggle continues, doesn't it, Santa? One thing's for sure, though, Bob. Can't touch this. <laughs>
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, did you know you can buy a new Icon cart from Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon and have it delivered right to your house right here in the Berg? It's $99. They carry electric vehicles for all your needs around the neighborhood, the farm, even the golf course. And remember, they'll deliver it to you right here in Hattiesburg or wherever you're listening to the show today for just $99. They always keep a great inventory and always give you the best deal regardless. Just tell your phone, take me to the Noel Daniels Motor Company in Brandon or shop online at noeldaniels.cars. Noel Daniels and the entire team at Noel Daniels Motors are here to serve you. You can get the cart that's perfect for your needs. Your neighborhood uh, cart dealer is just $99 away. I want to thank our good friends at Campus Bookmark for their sponsorship of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We say it every day, but it's true. We love Miss Kathleen. And uh, I guarantee you, Kelly Sanders, she's stocked up with football stuff. She stays on top of it. Yeah, we were talking about yesterday. Don't don't get the black shirts early on because it's going to be hot, you know, to begin the season. But we hope that we hope the football team will be hot all year long. But as a fan, you want to. I like them when they wear that all black. You know, yeah, but later in the year when it cools down a little bit. Yeah, that's Southern Miss football. Ain't that right? He's hitting all black uniforms. That's Southern Miss football. Yeah, kind of the all black with the black helmet. But I have to tell you what, I feel bad for him in the middle of summer. <laughs> In the in the early August when they're having to wear that all black because no matter what that stuff's hot man yeah but they like doing it so they do uh, all, right, all right let's talk about football uh, coach Hall a frequent guest on the show we all thank the world of him and uh, we all think he's just done a fantastic job and it it always seems to show up too in his recruiting he he really seems to be on a roll Heath yeah I mean the man said when he came in he said he was going to attack the state of Mississippi and. Uh, what he's doing with this recruiting class, he's been doing that. Uh, they got 16 commitments, 15 of them from the state of Mississippi. The lone non-Mississippian, Miles Adams, defensive tackle out of Flavorton, Alabama, 6'5", 273. Uh, this, this recruiting class for rivals is ranked 53rd, uh, 54th in the nation, and they're number one in the Sun Belt. Uh, they have done a phenomenal job with this class. Really done a good job of going out and getting some. Uh, there's an old joke called War Daddies on the uh, line. They've really done a good job with that. Uh, as we talked about, Adams there, but also Caleb Moore, linebacker Christopher Jones out of Flowood, a four star. I mean, Aaron Travis, Grenada. Uh, you start looking at Jalen Owens, uh, out of just a growth kid. I mean, they have really, really done a good job of. Getting to these kids in Mississippi, and maybe in the past where Southern Miss has had to go out to Alabama, Louisiana, Florida, uh, really do a lot of their recruiting there. No, no, no. Will Hall said, I'm going to make talk to the high school coaches here. Uh, you know, create those, uh, create those relationships and let them thrive. And he's doing it and he's bringing in some big time talent. So, uh, wonderful job with what they're doing with this recruiting class. Luke, it's no surprise, though, that so many kids are from Mississippi because that's what Coach Hall said from the day he came here. Yeah, and the connections that he has, the relational connections, just kind of breaking down as as Heath was walking through that, I just was counting. It looks like nine of these 16, so or or nine of the 15 Mississippi signees, are I-20 and South. And, And that's big for the simple reason that Southern Miss fans, of course we have fans all over the state, of course, but but primarily in South Mississippi, I think Will understands that when you go and get 
some of the best players in the communities that are within two hours of here, I mean, that creates fanfare because you have towns uh, that now want to see their kids play at the D1 level. And so it's not just about he's – not, he's not throwing communities a bone. He's going in these communities and he's getting – their players, and sometimes like like in McGee with with uh, with Franks and Pittman, I mean, get multiple of of their players. So I just thought that was really interesting. About about two thirds of these kids are south of I twenty, and it used to be where Southern Miss back in the old days, Southern Miss could go into the Panhandle of Florida and get a lot of these players. But with the emergence of South Al and Troy, and and others, there's more competition now for those players. But where Southern Miss has also find it found a niche for itself is as the SEC has gone more of a nationwide kind of deal, the Ole Misses and the states have found out in order for them to be competitive in their conference, they're having to go more nationwide to find players, which is leaving some Mississippi kids unattended, so to speak. So the Southern Miss coaches have done a really good job in going in and getting some of those kids and saying, look, you know, you're, you're welcome in Hattiesburg and you're going to compete for a starting position. And so so that's one good thing. You know, we, we pick on that other conference, but the one good thing about them going coast-to-coast, border-to-border, is it has left some of those boundary kids that maybe in the old days would have been able to compete for spots at those schools, now ripe for the pickings, you know, for Southern Miss to get, and Coach Hall and his staff are doing just that. All right, Heath? Yeah, well, you look at the recruiting rankings. I, I, I do want to hit on this because I think of how impressive this is. Uh, rivals right now at Southern Miss ranked ahead of Missouri, Oklahoma State, TCU, Boston College, Virginia, UCLA, uh, California, East Carolina, South Florida, uh, Tulane, Washington State, UNLV. The Southern is going and they're actually going and battling some of these schools, these AAC schools. Even some uh, Power Five schools in getting these recruits. I think we should go back and look at Adams. Adams had offers from Texas Tech and different, but he wanted to come to Southern Miss. So they're going in and they're winning these recruiting battles against young men who are getting attention from Power Fives, from so-called bigger schools, but are bringing them in. And I think that's because of the relationships, the way Hall recruits. And I think it's just a testament. Just, just the fact that right now you're ahead of Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, Missouri. You're tied with Baylor with what Rivals has ranked. It, it's a really incredible job that Hall and his staff are doing recruiting. I don't think that can be understated. Well, there's, there's an old adage in the sales game, Bob, and, and you know this, being a, a sales guy yourself, is they never really know. Um, they really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think a lot of these young athletes are, are exactly, they feel the same way. I mean, because when you get to a Division One level, all the coaches, as far as X's and O's go, can we all agree that they're generally all going to know about the same, have the same level of football acumen. But it all comes down to how much do you care? How much, you know, are you going to develop me as a man, as a father, as a parent, you know, all these other sorts of things. And that's been consistent with what, what Will Hall has said as well. So obviously what, what they're saying is getting through to these guys because they've got other choices, but yet are, are, are choosing Southern Miss. That's obviously good news. Luke is a guy that played on the football team. How important is it to have Mississippi kids on the team? Is it really important from my perspective as a fan, it, it is to me, but as Kelly said, the uh, the two schools up north don't seem that interested in it. It it can be in the sense that uh, particularly 
with with social media kind of shrinking, you know, the the geographical footprint in your mind, a lot of these guys are familiar with each other. They've uh, played against each other or they've seen each other play, and, and especially the guys that come out of junior college. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it helps with chemistry, and, and I think it helps in um, kind of reinforce the culture that, that Will Hall uh, wants – Southern Miss football to be, and that that's tough, that's blue-collar, that's chip on your shoulder. And so, you know, you don't have very many divas coming out of the state of Mississippi. These are kids that, you know, are used to practicing longer than shorter. These are kids that know what it's like to be hot and humid. And so I think it it, it fits relationally with, with Will Hall because of the connections that he already has with these high schools. And at the same time, though, it, it does build that culture. And as I think he would say, gets us back to the culture that we were built on. All right, Heath, I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at eight wins. Kelly's a little more conservative. Uh, where are you? What, what is the win total this year for the Golden Eagle football team? I think – to me, is it, it comes down to quarterback play. It just depends on the quarterback play. If they get uh, really good quarterback play, eight wins. If they don't get really good quarterback play, they might not make a bowl. I just think they have everything in place they need on this football team to do well. I, I think they're you know there's a couple pieces in the secondary, but I think they'll get that figured out. They have the linebackers. They have uh, both offense and defensive line. They got skill position guys, running backs, wide receivers. They have everything they need but the quarterback. If they get good quarterback play, if you get in the conference, it's 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 going to be it's going to be fun at that point because this team is going to be able to move the ball and defensively they're going to be able to stop some people. So I, I can I can see where you see eight wins. I can also see where somebody would say four wins because if the quarterbacks don't play like we think that they will, then it's going to be a tough season. So I, I, it, it's all dependent. I, I hate to put all the pressure on the quarterback position, but to me, this team is all dependent upon quarterback play next year. All right, Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. Heath, thanks for your input, buddy. Talk to you here again soon. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one, guys. All right, Heath Hinton, everybody, on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. As we head into the break, let me remind you of a great summer treat. It's called Mobay Beignet. You can go down and get yourself a cold or hot coffee, a soft drink, whatever you like, and delicious beignets. Kelly, would you happen to know the topping of the month? Well, it, well, in, in the summer months now, lemon and strawberry, which is your favorite. Yeah. Mobay Beignet, Hardy Street. They're open, I believe, seven days a week. It's a great environment. And really a wonderful dessert. We thank them for being part of our program. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment on this Tuesday brought to you by 4th Street Barn Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. $9.95 gets you there. Excellent lunch, famous all across the Hub City. Appreciate Slade White and his crew over there. 4th Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. 
Bob Luke and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, well, British Open this week, and uh, a lot of golf coming out. Eddie Bresher at Southern Miss signs a brand-new extension. We'll tell you more about that in the fourth segment. But here on the Eagle Hour, this segment, Southern Miss golf legend Tim Yelverton joins us. And, uh, Tim, appreciate you joining us from Old Waverly today. Absolutely, guys. Thank you all for having me. I I do want to mention, I'll ask you a couple things uh, about – your your coaching world but i just always beam with pride when i know the two the two guys that are coaching people up at one of the best golf courses in the magnolia state southern miss golden eagles right that's right that's right we've been vj's been here for he's been at waverly since 2000 and then i got here in 2007 yeah so we've been here for quite a while now um i was going back through an old southern miss media guide your name is still at the top of most of the records um there and (laughs) and uh it, it resurfaced this year because Cameron Clark met an NCAA regional, and it, I think it was only the fifth time in, in history you did that, uh, I think in 02, and, and I know you were excited to, to see Cameron join you and VJ as guys that have played in regionals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, VJ was, was the first to ever make it as, a, as an individual, and then I, I think that was the spring of 98 and his senior season, and then, and then I did it in the spring of 02, and, you know, just a couple more guys, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little harder than it sounds. You know, we've had some good teams uh, the last two years when I was there. We were really close to making it as a team, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's, the competition is really tight and it's really tough, and, but to get there as an, avenge- as an individual is, 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 is a lot of fun as well. Absolutely. All right. Um, let our listeners know. Uh, this was. I know this was so exciting for you, but you you got brought up on uh, in, in Sepp Straka's uh, PGA Tour win at the John Deere Classic because you're his putting coach. As you work with with several guys on tour, and pretty wild. One little observation caused him to to shoot a 62 on day two. Yeah, you know, Sepp has been um, he's been really close. Like he, you know, Sepp's a good player. He he got his first win last season at the Honda, and uh, and then finished ended up finishing seventh in Atlanta at the Tour Championship. So he had a great season, and it's been trending for a while. And then he he played really well at the PGA Championship in New York, but he just didn't putt well the first day. He putted well as the week went on, but then yeah, and the putter's been so close. He's had so many lip outs, so many burned edges, and I've I mean I know I've sounded like a broken record to him, but I've just been trying to tell him to. Just keep putting, keep putts around the hole. They're going to drop. They're going to drop. And then on, on the first round, I was actually at John Deere Monday through uh, Thursday morning. I flew home. I watched a little bit on coverage, and I was like, his toes just way up in the air. So I texted him that, and he didn't putt well that day. And then I texted him that night. I was like, look, you look great, but the toes sticking up. Get your hands a little bit higher. And then <laughs> and then he just went crazy for the next three days and just made every basically everything he looked at. It was, it was pretty cool. Bob and Kelly? Well, you'd think something like that, though, Tim. You'd think that they could catch on to something like that, right? But it's interesting how just an independent set of eyes can pick up something that small. Yeah, and feels lie to us, right? I mean, we the, what we feel versus what we're doing it, many times is, is not a, at all what's happening. Um, and, you know, and that's why those guys, I mean, the, the margin for error out there is so small. That's why they have coaches like us to be out there and keep eyes on them. Um, maybe not necessarily every week. I probably go to, I go to about 25, 26 events a year. Um, so, you know, most of their schedule, I'm there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the smallest thing. And then in Seth's case, like he had a lot of other good pieces already in place. And then when, when we just kind of pinpointed that one thing and he saw that first putt go in 
on Friday, I mean, literally the floodgates opened from Friday through Sunday. You know, I mean, he made – it was amazing how many – 15, 20, 30, 40 footers he made. I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. Now, Tim, you've also, if I'm not mistaken, have you not also worked with uh, U.S. Open champion Gary Woodland? I do not work with Gary. Okay. I've, I've, I, um, I work with Kevin Kisner, um, who's obviously talking about putting, has been a, right. a great putter his whole career, and then I've got – uh, four other guys that I work with also. Um, you know, you talk time. you talk about putting in particular, but you know, Brad Faxon back in the day was known to be such a good putter, but but couldn't you know certainly is not going to go down as one of the greatest golfers ever. So it's not just about putting, but the old adage that you drive for show and and putt for dough. But that Brad Faxon is is a living case that you have to be able to do more than just putt. No doubt about it. I mean, there there are many times when putting ends up deciding who wins versus who finishes maybe seventh or third. Um, but to get that opportunity to win, you need you definitely need to to hit the ball solid, and you got to give yourself lots of chances because if you know if you view putting as a pass fail, we fail a lot with putting. I mean, there are a lot of putts that just don't go in. Um, you know, everybody everybody knows the average tour player from eight feet is fifty fifty whether they make it or not. So. You know, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a relatively short putt to only make half the time. Um, there's just a lot of variability in putting, and you know, unfortunately, is wind. There's imperfect surfaces. There's ball marks, footprints. I mean, there's just the list goes on and on. So it's, the task is tough. Uh, we just got to stay close to the hole, um, so that when they do start to to go in, like they did for Sep at the on the weekend at John Deere then we're in position to make some birdies and then ultimately win the golf tournament. Talking with uh, former Southern Miss golfer Tim Yelverton, who works a lot with PGA Touring Pros, as, as Luke mentioned, the Open. Also, most Americans know as the British Open this weekend. Final question for me, Tim, that I want to ask you, is there are particular golfers that do especially well in majors, but then you never seem to see them on the quote-unquote regular PGA Tour events, or when they do play, they don't really contend that much in those tournaments, you know what I mean. I mean the yeah. majors. You can always count on Kepka. You can, you know, you could, you could always count on Greg Norman back in the day. But, but in those, we other don't talk th- about those guys. Those are live guys. We don't mention well, them. Well, just I'm show. just talking about. You know what I'm saying? That what is it about some of those guys that they're always up for the majors, but in the quote unquote regular tournaments, they're sometimes just not even on the leaderboard. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on for this subject so i know we don't have enough time i'll be brief but some of its mindset first off um a major championship mindset is a little bit different than i mean they play those golf courses difficult every week let me let me say that but it gets even more difficult when they're playing the majors when the rough's higher the greens are as firm and fast as you can basically get them and then the fairways are tighter and you know so it takes um you, you've got to be more patient um you know, length is always a factor. I mean, the lo- the bombers always have an advantage. Um, and then, I mean, putting's really important. I mean, you got to make a lot of those six to ten footers um, to save a lot of pars, and then that gets into momentum that you carry from one hole to the next, from one day to the next. Um, there's just going to be, you know, the proximity to the flag is going to be a little bit further away. Um, just because of the course setup and difficulty and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But if you look at players' track records, people tend to play the same tournaments well. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, like I was talking about Kiz. Kiz has always played well at RSM, Harbortown, the players, 
colonial courses that fit his eye and, and his strengths. And, and, you know, I think Kepka, you were talking about him, you know, like he's a pretty good driver of the golf ball and he's a good putter and like, and he's pretty you know, mentally tough. So that is, that is why you see him in us opens and majors a lot. Yeah. Um, I think Sepp is kind of a full package in the sense that like he hits it well, He's, his short game has greatly improved, and he's a solid putter. So, I, you know, I like him. As well. <laughs> Obviously, I'm pulling for him. Sure. Yeah. A couple more questions uh, for you, Tim, before we run out of time. Give us uh, your impressions on, on the Open this week. You know, the, the Open is so – I'm, um, you know, obviously I'm at Waverly this week, but the Open has always been so weather-dependent, right? I mean, it's so, it's so important to get the, get the good wave – um, if weather comes in, um, sometimes it can be three and four strokes different if you get the good wave versus the bad wave on the first two days of pairings. Um, then after that, you know, the golf courses, yeah, they're a little bit different than what we play in the U.S. I mean, there's a little bit more on the ground. The, the greens are slower for sure because of the winds that they can potentially have. Um, it's a fun style of golf. Um, I've played a little bit of it, not a lot, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of blind shots. And then the bunkers, they, I've seen a lot of talk about the bunkers this week, a lot of pop bunkers where people are having only one leg in the bunker. I saw Chris Kirk posted something on Instagram last night about he was literally hitting a bunker shot off of his knees because he couldn't get either foot <laughs> in the bunker. So, like, there, there's a little bit of luck to it as far as the open, as far as we, if the ball bounces a little to the left or a little to the right. But, um, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be, I mean, you know, the best players that week are going to be at the top of the leaderboard with a chance to win on Sunday. Yep. Uh, Eddie Brescher signs a new contract, about 30 seconds left. Uh, I, I know you always rooting for him as well. Man, what a legacy, Southern Miss Golf, and Mr. Carpenter and Mr. Hall and, and you and VJ and, and Eddie uh, bringing the team to national attention this past year. Yeah, you know, the, the, the program's moving in the right direction. I saw Eddie yesterday, actually. I saw him yesterday and this morning. He's up here at the State Juniors at Mossy Oak, and so he's recruiting. He's Yeah, he's working his tail off right now, so it was always great to see him. All right, Tim, we appreciate your input, man. Thank you very much for being on the show. Absolutely, guys. Y'all have a great week. Tim Elberton, everybody. Kelly, something real quick. Happening at Four Street Bar and Grill. Yeah, they're going to have uh, they're going to have trivia time travel trivia tomorrow night at uh, seven o'clock. Slade wants to invite everybody out. They're actually going to bury a time capsule too. It should be kind of fun. That's tomorrow I'm afraid night. Afraid to think what's in that time capsule. <laughs> no kidding. And when they dig it up, that's tomorrow night at seven at Fourth Street. <laughs> we'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff with Tim Yelverton, golf professional at Old Waverly Golf Club in Central Mississippi. Of course, uh, works with a lot of guys on the PGA Tour. Be watching his guy, Step Straka, in the British Open um, coming up um, this week. Tell you more about uh, another local guy being in that tournament here in just a second. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bank Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, for segment as always, brought to you uh, by DBAT and D1 Training. Great place to go to get fit, to work on a softball, baseball, great instruction and facilities. It's all there on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBAT, D1, DBAT, Hattiesburg.com. 
All right, uh, as we mentioned uh, with Tim real quick uh, last segment, but tell you a little more right now, men's golf coach Eddie Brescher has signed an extension which will run through the 2025-2026 season. Jeremy McLean said we're excited to have Eddie leading our men's golf program into the future. He's done an excellent job of continuing to evaluate the regional and national profile of our program. Brescher uh, in his sixth year and uh, we'll start his sixth year, but the first five seasons, team has won five team titles and seven individual tournament crowns. And like we mentioned, uh, Cameron Clark, one of five Golden Eagles uh, in history uh, to advance into a regional, and that's what uh, Cameron did um, this past season. So congratulations, Coach Brescher, great friend of this show, and uh, appreciate uh, just the job that he does. Congratulations on that new um, extension. All right, um, Kelly. A um, a local kid going to be playing the British Open, a name people know and uh, need to be continue to be familiar with. Yeah, people in Hattiesburg have probably heard of Davis Riley. Uh, Davis prepped at Presbyterian Christian, and uh, of course, Pre- PCS football has been on the air here at Super Talk the last uh, couple of seasons, and uh, he prepped it at PCS and then went on to play at the A Word, um, little college golf over the A Word uh, up in. Yeah. The dark side. Yeah, I don't. What the hell happened to him? Well, we we, you know, those were just inconsequential years of his life. But then, um, of course, got his PGA card. And everybody that knew Davis when he was playing golf out at Cambridge, they said, "Man, if this kid sticks with it, man, he's going to really, really be good." Well, uh, finished well in the the Scottish Open, the Scottish Open last week, and by virtue of some of the things he's done, qualified for this major this weekend at the at the British Open. So. How much you say he made this year? I think he's he's made nearly three million bucks this year. He's doing pretty good. Yeah, and it's and and this is that's what's so crazy about golf is that's not even a, I mean most golfers would say that's not a great year. I mean a great year. It's a good year, but it's not still in the radio business. That would be the year of the century. <laughs> no, it would be a century worth of pay. Is, is what it would be. Retirement would be on the uh, exactly. on the near horizon. Yeah. So uh, we're you miss- we're pulling Go for ahead. Davis, and I was going to say just the thing about Eddie Brescher, Luke, that I wanted to add. What Eddie's done really, especially well too, besides recruiting and all that, is man, the guy can raise money. And you know they're they're building the new uh, training facilities out at Hattiesburg Country Club, and uh, and facilities wise, just tremendous upgrades. And he's going to you know former golfers and people who love golf and and getting people to write checks and sharing that vision and actually showing them you know powerpoints is this is what we're going to have and this is what it's going to look like and here's how it's going to help us and if you've got a vision it's a lot lot easier to sell and it's been very clear for him for a long time and and uh, people are responding so good for him absolutely good stuff and you know any of those guys if if Davis were to win this weekend. He gets playing the Masters next year, and uh, that would be that'd be super exciting. If you missed uh, the first part of the show, uh, we talked to Heath Hinton about baseball recruiting and football recruiting, and then uh, with Tim Bjelverton. Of course, if you missed those, you can go back and listen to uh, the Super Talk Eagle Hour on demand later this afternoon, or in a plethora of podcasting platforms: Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Uh, the the news at the top of the hour. Uh, infielder from Valparaiso, Nolan Tucker, a 5'9", 170 uh, pound kid out of Cedar Lake, Indiana. Uh, two years ago, he was an All-Mountain Valley first team, a 2022 collegiate baseball freshman All-American. He is transferring to Southern Miss, hit two ninety eight last year with 39 runs scored. 
More importantly, uh, 984 fielding percentage. Only made three errors mm. this past season. And he knows what it's like to play in the Pete because Valpo played here yeah, early in the say, season. He got a taste of the Pete. He wanted to come back and make that his home. You can't blame the kid. No. I mean, what what did Southern – of all the schools that play in Division One baseball, what did Southern average ninth in the country in overall Correct. attendance? Ninth. That's right. And, you know, Valpo was pretty tough. Yeah. Those kids could play. And, they, and I think what what were their like their first twenty one games were on the road or something. Right, <laughs> something right, like right. Bless yeah. their hearts. Right, right. But just to to anybody that looks at the roster, he was listed as a redshirt sophomore. But on Twitter today, Nolan Tucker saying that he will head to the University of Southern Mississippi for his final year of eligibility. So this will be a one year for Nolan Tucker. Starting to see more and more of that in baseball, aren't you? Kind of like you used to see in basketball, the one and done guys. But you're seeing that on the tail end of a lot of careers where they transfer out and get a taste of something you know different their last eligible year you know, you always want to try to get to the top of the top of the mountain and southern miss now is a place where guys can get to the top of the mountain they don't have to transfer away from uh, southern miss to get there heck i'm excited already and baseball just ended pieces are starting to come together all right that's going to wrap up the show today we'll be back at it tomorrow at one o'clock we hope you will too you know we don't thank our listeners enough, but we're very grateful to all of you that come up and speak to us when we're in public and listen to our show every day, whether it's on podcast or live broadcast. We really do appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.